It's Friday, March 25th. This is the Daily Gator Daily Thought Podcast. I am Doug Hagan of the Daily Gator. And we got several things to talk about today on a Friday. As spring is right there, right around the corner. Now, let's start with uh, Indiana, the state of Indiana, and the state of uh, Ohio and Alabama. Alabama and Ohio became the 22nd and 23rd states to, to legalize constitutional carry recently. Indiana is now number 24, <clears throat> which means, again, unless you are a convicted felon, have you been adjudicated as mentally ill, mentally deficient, uh, something like that. Maybe if you have a restraining order against you, you can you can go buy a gun. You still have a background check. Well, you can go buy a gun. That hasn't changed. Still a background check. And again, you're legal. If you're of age and meet the other requirements, you don't have to pay the state. You don't have to take any of these state mandated things that concealed carry applies. So. In other words, the Second Amendment is the Second Amendment in, 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 in Indiana. On a personal thing, personal level, I would say anyone who is not proficient with firearms, doesn't know a lot about firearms, uh, you should get some training. It's a smart thing to do. Uh, get a professional to give you some tips. Uh, get a holster that works for you. Always use a holster, Okay. Don't be putting a gun in your pocket with no holster. Make sure you've got a holster. Be responsible. And the thing about gun owners who carry, overwhelmingly, they are very, very responsible people. I know this because you never, ever hear stories of someone with a concealed carry permit or a constitutional carry state going on some wild-eyed shooting rampage. You never hear that. You never hear about them committing grossly stupid acts of... Uh, carelessness with their firearms you just don't hear it they're extremely responsible uh no one in america should be concerned you know you go out every day and depending on the state and the area of the state you live in uh, you could be sitting in a packed restaurant with half the people may have a gun on legally whether it's concealed carry whether it's a uh, constitutional carry and you would never know. You go to the grocery store, there's people in there with firearms. Everywhere you go. And this doesn't really endanger anybody except the possible bad guy. You see, bad people are going to take a gun and they're going to go in and they're going to start shooting people or they're going to attempt to rob, commit a robbery or coerce somebody into something, carjack them, etc., etc. And they could do that with a knife. This is especially fairly common in the, in China and Japan is the mass knife attacks. Uh, it, it's horrific. There was a guy on a subway a couple, three years ago, uh, dressed up as the Joker, I believe, and went on a stabbing and slashing rampage on a uh, subway. Uh, there have been several in China like that. One was a group of people who went to, I believe, a bus station and stabbed well over 100 people before the police showed up and, and shot them and killed them. And of course in China, yeah, you don't have any right to do anything, especially defend yourself in Japan. Uh, it's almost impossible to get a gun in Japan. 
It just, it, it is. Uh, and they still have bad guys. And they still have bad people who do bad things. And by the way, the suicide rate is, is extremely high in Japan. Uh, which is very sad. Uh, I, I hate to hear that. I mean, it's just uh, suicide. There's something about it that is, uh, it's just, to me, it's someone saying, uh, I give up. No one cared. I wasn't loved. I wasn't whatever. Uh, it's, it's, it's almost, I almost feel that the process leading up to someone taking their own life is the things they go through before they actually pull that trigger or jump off that bridge or whatever <clears throat> method, take too many pills. It's almost like the process leading up is worse because of all the suffering they go through. It's awful. Um, and uh, I wish no one would do it. But it is interesting that in the most, uh, in a free country with almost no firearms, Suicide rate is, is astronomical. Uh, it goes to show you, if people want to do that, they're going to find a way to do it. And uh, it's awful and it's sad. <clears throat> and as so many people have said, if you need to talk, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook or some social media. You can leave a comment on my blog. And when I get notice of it, I'll... I'll read it. And, uh, you know, I've, I've talked to a couple of people online who claimed they were hinting, uh, at, uh, doing something to hurt themselves. And it was an anonymous thing. I had no idea this back in 2000. Uh, I had no idea if they were serious, not serious. They could have been kid playing games, but they were, were talking. And I remember telling them, don't do that. You know, and doing my best. And hopefully they they did listen. But anyway, Indiana, 24th state. I don't know where I got sidetracked on, on the suicide. Um, but this is a free-flowing show. I will, I will take that left turn or that right turn up here to go to a different area sometimes. Uh, if I feel the need to. But good for Indiana, 24th state. And I know the left will go crazy and, and tell me gladly that, well, you know, Chicago, all those crimes in Chicago, the guns come from Indiana. The guns are causing it. I've got one question for you, folks. If you say that, if you believe that, that line of claptrap, if you believe that, if the guns in Indiana go to Chicago and cause trouble, why don't they cause any trouble like that in Indiana? Think about it. It ain't the guns. So Indiana is number 24 now. We have 50 states. We're close to halfway. Some states I doubt will ever get it, but you never know. Now, <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I go to the, uh, what, what do you have? The family dollar, dollar general, dollar store. Uh, everything's a dollar. That was back in Texas. Uh, you have all the kinds of, of dollar store type places. Very popular. Uh, I use mine because it's the closest store of any kind live, kind of living out in the country here. Uh, but you can go get most anything. 
you can't get a lot of, uh, you know, you're not going to go buy a steak and some vegetables and things like that. But you know what I'm saying, laundry detergent, uh, you need some sodas, you need uh, small things for around the house. You can go pick it up, it's easy, cat food, dog food, whatever. But it seems that uh, there's a problem with these stores in one, in one area, and that's crime. And there's a Dollar General <clears throat> where, uh, where it was in the city of Philadelphia, and a manager at a dollar store in Philadelphia uh, was forced to use his firearm that he carries legally to uh, to shoot an, a would-be armed robber in the head and, and killed him. The really sad part to me of the story is that the person who was killed didn't actually have a weapon. He was pretending to have, he's threatening people with it. He had, a, it was wrapped up in something that looked like it could be a firearm. And again, the, the chance you take with someone's making a, a very credible lethal threat to you, to your customers, to your worker, uh, workers, whatever the situation is, uh, yeah, you're justified to use deadly force. This story is from Bearing Arms. Cam Edwards writes about it. <clears throat> Edwards writes, this actually is the second armed citizen story we've covered this week involving a defensive gun use at a dollar store. The first was in Miami, where the wife of a family dollar store manager uh, defended her husband against an attack. The latest a manager at a Dollar General in Philly who shot and killed an attempted robber Thursday evening. So just, uh, just last night. <clears throat> Police say that a 36-year-old man was attempting to rob the dollar store when he pulled out what appeared to be a weapon. The weapon, police say, was in the shape of a gun and covered in plastic. <clears throat> the manager, who has a license to carry, then took out a gun and shot the suspect in the head. Uh, the shooting unfolded at the dollar store at 9th Street and Girard Avenue just after 8.30 p.m. <clears throat> uh, the 36-year-old walked in wearing all black, approached a cashier demanding that she open the register. Investigators say the cashier then signaled to the manager what was happening uh, and CBS 3 in Philly reported that the manager stepped in to try to speak with the would-be robber but that's when the situation escalated so the manager attempted to talk him down to prevent any bloodshed any violence uh, authorities say the suspect repeated his demands and warned that he was armed which is when the manager pulled their own pistol and fired two rounds striking the would-be robber in the head uh, and the whole encounter was caught on surveillance video. Uh, it appears that everything that was reported by the victims of this robbery is legitimate. That's from Inspector D.F. Pace of the Philadelphia Police Department. The shooter did, in fact, have a simulated weapon, uh, which he communicated that to the store employees. Uh, and Cam Edwards, like me, wonders about what will happen to the manager who had to use deadly force. And I think he was completely justified. <clears throat> Will he be fired? We know there have been several pizza delivery people, uh, Uber drivers, things like that, that have gotten in trouble, actually lost their jobs when they use their, they have concealed carry permits. 
And <clears throat> while doing their job, while carrying their firearm legally, uh, they had to defend their life. And unfortunately, uh, I know Pizza Hut, Domino's, Papa John's, I think all three of them, maybe some more, have fired drivers, delivery drivers, who have, have uh, been forced to use self-defense. And I'm sorry, I don't, I don't agree with any of those companies' policies. I understand they have it and insurance and all that involved. But how are you going to, to look at yourself in the mirror if you hold some, if you tell somebody working for you, you're going to be in dangerous situations. Everyone knows you're carrying cash. Everyone knows that. Uh, you can be called to any address, basically. And you're going to try to prevent these employees from defending their lives if they have to. Uh, to me, that's just wrong, morally and completely wrong. <clears throat> so that's, uh, again, a good story of, and the saddest part to me is this this person, I would call him a kid, but you're 36, you're not a kid. Uh, again, putting yourself in a situation where you're presenting a deadly threat, but you don't have a weapon, you're lying. Uh, and I feel badly for the manager. I'm sure that will, that will, uh, enter into his thinking from time to time that, you know, maybe he could have done something else. Maybe he could have done something differently. Uh, I wasn't there, but I don't think, uh, we, we need to, to expect average citizens who are just doing their job, uh, to be a, uh, tactical expert, right. To always have the right thing to say, or be able to have that intuition, uh, as to them not actually being armed, someone's threatening you with something that looks like a gun, even if it's wrapped up, then you've got a right to defend yourself. It's very sad, though. Very sad story. Um, and again, there have been several defensive gun uses at the dollar stores over the over the past few years since I've been really following them. Uh, and again, it, it's not the uh, any type of convenience store, dollar stores, places like that. There's always that risk when you go in that, that some idiot's going to come in and try to rob the place. I know I have been at dollar stores before and, you know, park the car. Anybody need anything? I'm going in here to get this. Does anybody need anything? And I've seen people who looked a little bit off to me, go in the store and I will wait and say, what are you waiting for? Well, I don't, somebody just went in the store and I, the way they look, something was a little bit off, you know, wearing a hoodie in, in the 90 degree weather, something like that might, might catch my eye, but, uh, just an awful story. Someone threw his life away for what? I mean, literally, uh, because as time goes by, stores have less and less and less cash because people are using cash less and less and less often. Uh, so it's not like th they can really expect to go in and find a uh, a uh, a bunch of cash in the register or even on hand at the store. But be careful out there. Be aware. And uh, again, use your best judgment, folks. And... Maybe if you if you pray, 
say a prayer for everyone who has had to defend their life with a firearm, whether they actually use it or not, but especially those who have been forced to use it. I was not forced to fire my weapon over what, 20, 24 years ago when I pulled a weapon to defend myself. I wasn't, the, the person ran away, at which I'm glad they did. But people who have been forced to take a life or severely wound somebody, uh, say a prayer for them because uh, that's it's got to be extremely traumatic uh, to go through that, my friends. Now, two more stories, and one is, well, they're both odd. The first one is from uh, the Geller Report, Pam Geller, if you know who she is. But if you're not aware, Justice Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas was hospitalized. He's been released. He's he's good to go. But he is, I believe, 82, 83. Um, he may be in his late 70s. I'm not sure. I know he's the second oldest justice. But he was hospitalized with uh, what were called flu-like symptoms. And people on the left said, wrote, tweeted some of the most truly despicable damn things I've ever heard in my life uh, about Justice Clarence Thomas hoping he died, uh, wishing for the worst, and literally almost praying for him to, to cease to exist. Uh, truly despicable. I mean, the left talks about being open-minded and, and loving and forgiving and all this. No, no, they don't. It, it's Twitter. I, I go on Twitter less and less because there's more of this. There'll be a thread about someone like Clarence Thomas, and it's a threat, literally a, a thread uh, of total, uh, total death-wishing, evilness, ugliness, uh, despicable, despicable things that are said. Uh, let me see. Again, as Geller writes, Democrats on social media platforms were gleeful. And she uses the term bloodlust, uh, braying for his blood, calling for his death. And these people are sick. I mean, the expression... Y'all need Jesus comes to mind. Uh, I've been doing this work, she wrote, for 20 years because I saw how this country is getting sucked in and destroyed by the left. I saw the terrible slide, which is why I, alongside a handful of brave soul souls, worked relentlessly to shine a light on the decay and destruction that the democratic media held up as fantastic and fabulous. But what will I never, what I will never understand is how the country bought into all of it. It is the worst of things. The left is unabashedly evil, and, and we are a good, kind country. Inexplicable. And Miss Geller's right. Absolutely right. Uh, here is from a, a tweet from someone who, uh, who identifies as Abolish Ice. That's her Twitter handle is Abolish Ice, as in, you know, in, uh, the border security folks. She tweeted this, good night, Twitter, in case anyone wants to report me for saying I wish Clarence, Clarence Thomas would die, I thought I'd help you out. 
have at it. Going to go fill my wish box now. Uh, what's wrong with this woman? Is she, I mean, I, I wonder if she's serious. If he had passed away, would she have felt guilt? That's the question that popped into my mind. But there are others, of course. Um, uh, this fool, at DJ Kangle, I'll say the same thing about Clarence Thomas I say about every other aging fascist. If the only way you'll stop hurting people is if you die, then I have nothing left to hope for but your death. Moral confusion, anyone? Moral retardation, anyone? Uh, another person, Hogpocalypse Now. If Clarence Thomas dies, that would be cool and good, I think. Real winner there. Real class individual. Uh, Himbo President uh, tweeted, Is Clarence Thomas going to die or is he just being a cock tease? Well, I'm sure, Himbo, you know a lot about cock teasers. Uh, you seem to uh, be a person that likes to wish death upon people who dare to have a different political view than you. Uh, I don't want liberals to die or leftists. I want them to be exposed for what they are. I want them to learn the error of their ways. I want to defeat them and crush them ideologically and politically so they can't take this country straight to hell. That's what I want, but I don't want them. I would prefer them kind of open their eyes sometime and say, you know, it's, this leftism stuff isn't working. It's amazing the people who today with inflation, gas price, the disaster pull out of Afghanistan, the weakness and vacillation of this president, the the incompetence of he and, and Vice President uh, Harris, and the rising debt of the country, just printing money and pissing it away, basically, trying to destroy our domestic energy industry. And people are like, yeah, that's good. Trump's gone. That's all I care about. They don't care about the country. They care that somebody ideologically similar to them won an election. And the consequences be damned. I guess. I mean, talk about idiots. Um, but anyway, he is out now, Justice Clarence Thomas. is my favorite justice, by the way. He is the second oldest justice on the court right now after 83-year-old Justice Stephen Breyer, who is retiring once a replacement is confirmed, and that will be, I'm sure, the nominee that uh, had the really important qualifications of being a black woman. Uh, if, what was the Democrat saying the other day? Hazy Morona, who's a senator from Hawaii, and Dumber the Defense Post, I'll be honest. She was uh, celebrating the other day the nomination of, of the black woman, who, who will likely be on the Supreme Court soon. Whenever Breyer officially steps down, she'll be sworn in, I'm sure. But she was just, oh, saying that race... And gender had nothing to do with this woman's qualifications. Yet she was celebrating that we were going to have a black woman as a Supreme Court justice. If her gender and race don't matter, Senator Hirono, Senator Dummy, then why are you even mentioning her race or her gender? Racial obsession syndrome, that's why. 
identity obsession syndrome, maybe more now. Uh, but anyway, Clarence Thomas is feeling better. Uh, the illness was not COVID related. And there you go. He's out. Good for him. God bless him. And may he serve many more years imparting his wisdom on court decisions. Again, my favorite Supreme Court justice. Now, the lid, the lidblog.com. Jeff Dunnitz has a piece up. And the title is pretty simple. If you tip people, you know, bartenders, waiters, waitresses, etc., Uber drivers, whatever, pizza delivery people, you're racist because it's racist. You know why we all know that tipping is racist? Uh, because 1619 Project Arthur, author and former New York Times writer who believes America was built on racism started a Twitter controversy with the claim that the practice of tipping waiters, waitresses, bartenders, etc., or apparently anyone else whose livelihood depends on the extra 15-20% for good service is a racist. So tipping is now racist. Uh, she wrote, tipping is a legacy of slavery and it's not optional, then it shouldn't be a tip. Well, it is optional. You don't have to. There's no law that says you have to. But who cares? Facts don't get in her way very often. Is Nicole Hannah-Jones, of course, we're talking about. Uh, she tweets under the handle Ida Bay Wells. Uh, I think it should be Ida B. Dummy. Uh, Ida B. Con Artist even more. Have you ever stopped to think why we tip? Like why tipping is a practice in the U.S. and almost nowhere else? No, I don't really care. Uh, she was quick to add that she doesn't sift the help despite her dubious claims about the practice's origins. Well, good for you. That's one good thing if you tip. I would be shocked if you did because you're just a bad person because you're a professional liar. But if you tip, good for you. That's one for your 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 good column. She wrote, are y'all reading what I am writing or not? I said I tip. I tip well. I tip almost always. But I object to the idea that I am obligated to tip no matter how I am treated. Well, you're not. Believe me, I've worked in this business for a long time. I worked in the business a long time. There's been three or four times in my life I haven't tipped. If you, could have, if you had any clue how bad the service had to be, how awful it had to be for me not to tip, it, it, it's almost impossible for me not to tip you. And if I leave you 15%, your service was, ugh. it's It's purely guilt that leads me to do it. See, generally I start at like 25% and go up. If you're really, really good, then you get more. Um, but I object to the idea that I'm obligated to tip no matter how I am treated. You're not. If you're treated poorly, don't tip. Nope. And you can't get more offended at me than employers that pay less than minimum wage. Oh, here we go with that one again, my friends. Uh, but anyway, again, if you're treated poorly, you don't have to tip. No one expects you to. No one. Uh, and she says, you cannot get more offended at me than, than employers that pay less than minimum wage. 
Well, I think most people like Nicole Hannah-Jones, so many leftists, they want this magical $15 an hour minimum wage. Well, if you're, you know, if you're going to your favorite restaurant, you expect them to have the same menu. They're paying a certain amount for the chicken, the beef, the fish, whatever they, whatever they prepare. If it's a barbecue place they're, for their spices and everything else, they're paying a certain amount. Factor it into all their costs, of course, are labor costs. And if you've got a, a healthy sized place, you need several bartenders. You need quite a few servers. And you've got to pay them. And to pay them two, three bucks an hour and let them live on tips. You know what that does to the menu prices of the things you're eating? Nicole Hannah Jones, Miss Justice, Pretend Justice, Miss uh, Socialism. It drives them up. So the, the cost of the food you eat at your favorite restaurant is just going to go up. Sure, you won't have to tip at the end, but you're going to have a bill that's significantly higher because the labor cost is significantly higher for the restaurant owners. It's called economics. I know Joe Biden doesn't understand it, but it just doesn't work unless people are willing to pay incredibly inflated prices. To what they have been paying. You're probably uh, putting out less money, frankly, by having servers, bartenders make two, three bucks an hour plus tips. And let me tell you, most restaurant people who are any good, if you tell them we we're going to improve your life, we're going to we're going to make sure that you make fifteen bucks an hour, tipping's out of there, they're going to say, "Screw you." I know I never made. 15 bucks an hour bartending all the years I did it. Please. I, why would I work for that? I mean, literally I'm working 30 hours a week and making a grand. Why would I want to make uh, less and for the same work? I wouldn't. Uh, but of course I think the real problem with tipping and the left since the left is, is Marxist or comes from the teaching, the lunacy of Marx. Understand this. There, there's, of all the industries out there, the food service industry, as far as being a waiter, bartender, someone like that, the quality of your work and factors other than you just being at work in a proper uniform, that's why you make better money in tipping. Because you're faster, you remember people, you remember their names, you remember what they had last time, you remember what they usually get, and you know how they like to be taken care of, and you do that. And many times you become on a, really, uh, you come to be on a friendly level with them. And so they're very comfortable. You add to the experience. And if someone goes to the same restaurant a lot, they probably have several servers that they really like. If they sit at the bar, they probably got a couple of bartenders that like better than the rest. And guess what? Those better bartenders make more money. The better servers make more money. And yes, it's on, on more than just performance, how good you are at your job. Uh, in a perfect world, it, just, it would strictly be nothing to do with your looks or personality or anything like that. It would just be how you perform the, the functions of the job. But believe me, I've worked bars with with uh, 
I mean, a buddy work, and there were several girls there who were bartenders too. He and I were the best bartenders easily. And the gals, one of them was pretty good. She's fairly young. But uh, the other two or three, they raked in a lot of money. Do you know why they raked in a lot of money? It was a sports bar-themed place. Uh, really catered more to guys than, than women. And these gals who were out doing the cocktail, coming out of the bar, making drinks, they looked really, really, really good. And they flirted very, very, very well. And it didn't matter that I was a better bartender than all of them put together. They all made better tips than me. They all made better tips than my buddy, who was a better bartender than all of them put together. But it didn't matter because, well, if you saw them in their blue jeans and t-shirts, you would understand why they were gorgeous. And they had good personalities. I, I worked with, I've mentioned this person before. Uh, and she made the most money of anybody in the restaurant. Last one I worked at. And she made the most because, yes, she was very good at serving. She's very good at that. Very friendly. Beautiful smile. But my friends, the reason she did, I mean, guys, single guys would come in. There were several that came in to the airport, and they'd always ask for her. And they did for one reason. This girl did things for yoga pants that are probably illegal in 13 states. She looked so incredibly good and was so friendly and sweet and had the face that is unbelievably gorgeous. It was like unfair. It literally was unfair. The money would like voluntarily come out of the people, the men's wallets and just go to her pocket. It, it just worked that way. So, yeah, was I better than her? Yeah, overall. But it didn't matter. But that's part of the game because... She tipped out to me, so it helped me. We all won, but it was based on people's choices what to tip. So there's inequality, and the left hates inequality uh, maybe more than anything else except individualism. And it is. It's individualism. You're kind of working for yourself if you're a server or bartender. I've never delivered food, driving, or pizza delivery, anything like that. Uh, but again, there are people who make more money doing that, I'm sure, because they're better, they're quicker, they're faster, they're always accurate. Uh, they they know how to rig the system and, and hook people up with extra sauces and this and that. So they do their job a little better. They make more money. And the left hates that because that goes back to individualism. Your individual talents and abilities and efforts means more money in your pocket. That's unfair. That's inequality. Or inequity today. It's equity, not equality anymore. It's equity now from the left. So just, my friends, remember that, please. Um, but here is the, the idea that uh, tipping comes from slavery. <clears throat> uh, the theory is that it originated here during the days of slavery. That's what Nicole Hannah-Jones is, is trying to, to pass on to people here. However, that's not true. Uh, 
Ida B. Wells, that is Nicole Hannah-Jones, tweeted out, tipping is a legacy of slavery. And if it's not optional, then it shouldn't be a tip, but simply included in the bill. Have you ever stopped to think why we tip? Like why tipping is a practice in the U.S. and almost nowhere else? <clears throat> well, here's the problem. As a man named Phil Magnus pointed out on Twitter, also, he tweeted, for those of you sharing one of those moronic fact check articles claiming that tipping comes from slavery, you're simply wrong. And he presents a picture of a travel guide to Europe published in the 1730s. That's the 18th century. That's a long time ago. <clears throat> um, and it clearly shows <clears throat> that tipping did come from uh, Europe. Uh, in the 18th century. And that's where the whole to ensure prompt service comes from. So it's got a long history. Some people hate it. Some people don't like it. Uh, again, I worked in a restaurant business, so I know all about it. And it's sad that everything has to be racist now. Everything has to be divisive. Everything has to be mean-spirited. Everything has to make us hate each other. Everything, everything has to make us want to claw each other's eyes out. <clears throat> but again, uh, Ida B. Wells, Nicole Hannah-Jones, whatever you want to call her, the race, race pimpest supreme, is, well, she's nothing but a walking bowl of lies. That's what she is. She's out for herself. The 1619 Project, nothing but self-serving. Pay me a lot of money because I'm making up and telling you what a victim you are and how much you shade America. And that's her path to get rich. That's a vile way to get rich, I gotta say. I have more respect for, for uh, you know, well, like most politicians, I have more respect for a whore, a prostitute, than I do most politicians. And the same with the race pimps. I have far more respect for a whore, for a prostitute, for a lady of the evening, whatever you care to use. Because you know what? <laughs> when you pay a prostitute, and no, I don't know from personal experience, you put some money on the, on the dresser there, and yeah, they're going to screw you, but they're going to screw you, and, and you can enjoy it. Politicians will screw you, and then take your money as well. And they don't benefit you. And they're less honest than a whore. And I feel the same about people like uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones and the rest of the uh, racial grievance industrial complex that we have today. <clears throat> uh, but this gentleman, Phil Magnus, he also tweeted the, this about tipping and the history of it. And yes, he wrote, there's even a scene in Shakespeare's Twelfth Night that depicts tipping uh, note, gratility is an obsolete old English word for gratuity. And then he has uh, a quote here from Sir Andrew. I've never read this play, so I don't know it. Uh, By my troth, the fool has an excellent breast. I had rather than 40 shillings, I had such a leg and so sweet a breath to sing as the fool has in sooth. Thou wast in very gracious fooling last night when thou spokest of the uh, pigrogratmatus of the Vaspians, of Appians, excuse me, uh, passing the equin, 
I'm glad I didn't live back then. I couldn't pronounce half the words. The Equinocathiel of Quinnibus. It was very good in faith. I sent three of the sixpence for thy layman. Hatched it. That old English was <laughs> messed up. Very pretty sounding, but it, it, it's it's hard for us to look at the words and even go, people used to talk like that. Uh, but anyway, it mentions tipping on the next line. So it's been there a long time, and it didn't come from slavery. That's a lie. That's propaganda from the left to make you hate America even more. So Nicole Hannah-Jones can keep going to the bank and cashing checks from your foolishness. Uh, so don't be a fool for Nicole Hannah-Jones. And Nicole Hannah-Jones did reply to the tweets from this gentleman who was trying to educate her, illuminate her mind, bring her up from the pit of leftist bitterness that she lives in <clears throat> and pretend victimhood that she lives in and actually help her learn something. Uh, she replied to Mr. Magnus, I know your obsession with my Twitter account is unrelenting because it's the only time anyone pays attention to your tweets, but come on. So in other words, instead of factually debating the guy, she just insulted him and called him obsessed. No, I think he was trying to, uh, trying to make you a better person, Nicole Hannah-Jones. I don't think that's possible, sadly. But my friends... Uh, that is it. That is it. That is it. That is it for me today. Uh, thank you for listening. I do appreciate you. Remember the three golden rules of life, my friends. If you're left, you're just ain't right. God bless America and go Gators. I uh, thank you for your, your readership of the blog. The numbers keep going up. That's good. That's a good thing. And thank you to everybody who goes out there every day, punches the time clock, so to speak, and votes, votes for conservatives and cares about America. And hopefully the, the theatrics and the, the idiocy of the left when they're in power always turns a lot of Americans off because they begin to see what leftism is. And man, they're seeing a lot from this administration. They really, really are. And from the four-year tantrum when Trump was president, uh, by the left, they're seeing a lot and they're not seeing patriotism or love of country. They're seeing perpetual shit fits, perpetual tantrums, perpetual meltdowns and perpetual stupidity uh, from the left, all wrapped up in a big dough made of hate America first and then fried in the oil of you owe us, you owe us, you owe us. A lot of ugliness out there, my friends. Have a good uh, couple of days. I'll be back Sunday. Thank you for listening. Gracias. Thank you for your patience with my ongoing voice issues and, and other issues going on. Uh, things I have to uh, take care of. Taking some time away. I appreciate you. Y'all rock. Take care. Say your prayers. Eat your vitamins. Be good to your kids. Be good to your dog. You can't beat a good dog. You just can't. And you also can't beat a mean dog because they'll bite the living you-know-what out of you. Y'all be good. Take care. Talk to you on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs>